What's up, what's good? It's Tim O in your hood. Thank you so much for joining us on Mr. Meaningful Work Retain, a big energy conversation about engaging and retaining your people. You are about to witness a conversation that I have with an HR Tech VIP. Carolyn Peer is the founder of Humaxa and Max, who is a digital assistant that prevents employee turnover by providing personalized solutions. Caroline is an award-winning leader with over 20 years in human capital management and was recently selected by the HR Industries Premier Association, SHRM, to be part of their first workplace tech accelerator program. Man, I can't wait for you to learn alongside me as she shares her wisdom and perspectives on the issues of retention and turnover. But this season would not have been possible without the enthusiastic support of our sponsor, Spark, who is changing the game in engagement and recognition. With Spark, you're able to optimize results with the power of Spark's AI-driven solution to create recognition and reward experiences as unique as your employees. Anna and her team are deeply passionate about elevating the employee experience and Spark customers get to reap the benefits of tapping into that passion. Request a demo, get access to a free demo when you go to sparkco.com. That's S-P-A-R-C-K-Co.com slash Mr. Meaningful Work and let them know that I sent you. But let us start today's show. Welcome everybody to another episode of Mr. Meaningful Work Retain. And like we said, we are here with Carolyn, who I am super excited about. Um, she's a superstar, y'all. You guys don't even know yet. We haven't even started and we are in the presence of greatness. Okay, she's denying it, but I'm denying her denying it because she is a superstar. So like we start off with every episode, Carolyn, first of all, thank you. Thank you, Tim. I'm delighted to be here. Um, we asked the question, what are you famous for? As we all know, what are you famous for? W-R-U-F-F looks like a nice, healthy dog bark. So give us your biggest rough. Let's go. <laughs> With the growl. I'm telling you guys, she's fierce. It's got to be realistic, it right? It has to be real or else why do we even do it? Come strong, come correct. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So tell us, what are you famous for? What if you people know Carolyn? Well, if you have to look over my entire life, I think the probably the thing that would stick out is that I'm adventurous okay. and a risk taker. But all in good terms. You yeah. know, you have to always weigh risk versus reward. Mm -hmm. But I think throughout my entire life I've been I like to take risks that are worth taking. Yeah, that's, nice. I, th I think that's what I'm famous for. Famous yes. for being a risk taker, a good risk. Not <laughs> exactly. Just, not just jumping headfirst into random things for the sake of it. A, for the sake of adventure, yeah. for the sake of the journey. Yeah, yes. nice, nice. Yes. Are you like in the traditional sense of adventure? Like, do you like going out, like survival type of things, like hiking, diving? I yeah? I do, I What's do. What's the craziest thing that you've done? Or one of them is probably Ooh, like 
too bunch. many, too many. Uh, gosh, you know. Like swimming with sharks, like looking for Sasquatch, like what are we? Well, let's see. I've done skydiving. I've done rock climbing. Um, I lived in uh, Asia for a period of time and would meet strangers and we'd end up, you know, having dinner. There was one time where I ended up spending an entire week on a retreat with a bunch of teachers in, yes. in Korea. I mean, just crazy things. Wow. Like these are people I never, I didn't know. Yeah. We just ran into each other and it ended up evolving I that way. It. Like jumping in a van with a bunch of teachers that I didn't know a single person yeah. and I didn't speak Korean. I mean, who does this stuff, right? <laughs> she does, she does. And that's why she's famous. Um, well, thanks for that. Um, and so we wanna know what's hot, hot topic, big news in your world. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, probably the hottest topic for us right now is that uh, the organization called SHRM, Society for Human Resource Management, chose six companies to invest in in this year. It's the first time they've done this, to my knowledge. And we were one of the six. And Let's we go! So grateful. We are so grateful. Nice. I, I mean, it's it's really it's an amazing opportunity. We got to meet the Sherm board. We got nice. to, to to meet all the the big wigs and nice. Sherm. And uh, yeah, and we're headed to the annual conference in New Orleans. Mm, Bourbon Street, hey baby, hey baby. <laughs> That's how everybody's gonna greet you down there in New Orleans. Like, how you doing, baby? You hungry, oh, baby? I can't wait to have the beignets. That's oh, what I'm looking on. forward to. I mean, it's Yo, all about food. Right? Yeah, yeah. Smuggle some out for your boy. Um, well, that congratulations. Thank you. That is what's up. Sherm is no small deal for anybody that's at HR. You know Sherm, um, and so for you to be recognized, Humaxa, your organization that's making great strides in in, in those conversations. So give us. Give us an origin story. If sure. we were to say, you know, a fast-forwarded journey uh, or fast-forwarded version of Carolyn's origin story, what would that sound like? Sure. So I started at an early stage HR tech startup called Pro Business. It was based here in Pleasanton. Yeah. And uh, I was an early employee, not okay. a founder. I was an early employee and got kind of a front row seat as to what it was like to work for an early stage HR tech startup. Yeah. I was extremely lucky. Yeah. Uh, the company grew and mm -hmm. it ended up getting acquired by nice. ADP. Okay. And then I ended up taking a role there running one of their learning and performance organizations. Nice. At ADP. At ADP. Okay. So I got to really feel like what is it like working for an early stage company in this in this industry, yeah. and then what is it like to work for a global 60,000 person mm. organization? Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of really good things about learning yeah. experience. It was a yeah. really good learning experience. Yeah. I got to really figure out what is enterprise software all about? Yeah. How does it work? How do all the pieces fit together? Yeah. Really good company. Uh, I was used to the startup world. Okay. I was used to the kind of the speed of innovation yeah. that happens there. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up leaving in yeah. 2017 okay. and founded Humaxa really based on all of those years of experience nice. in the industry, nice. both at Pro Business and then later at ADP, kind of listening to clients, yeah. what they wanted to be able to do with their data, yeah. what they wanted to be able to predict, yeah. what sorts of problems they were having, yeah. and how they wanted to be able to get ahead of those problems using data. Yeah. We didn't know how. Yeah. We didn't know how we were gonna do it. We just yeah. said, hey, let's let's give it a let's give it a shot. Nice, <laughs> nice. So 
in this HR tech startup world for a little bit, jumped into the big corporate world of ADP, and then moved back into the startup world yes. um, for yourself. Um, a lot of folks that we talk to, or in my experience with startups and businesses that are growing, is you, there, there's a problem that's identified, yes. right? You see a gap in the marketplace, in a process, or what have you. It's like, hey, I can fix that gap, mm -hmm. or I can address that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What was that problem or gap that you saw that you could fix or address? Right, right. So I think that listening to clients talk about wanting to get ahead of problems, hmm. workforce problems that before they became problems to yeah. begin with, because they were getting blindsided. Yeah. Either their you know their top performers were leaving, or mm -hmm. maybe it's just one person yeah. who happened to be in a really key position. Yeah. Or maybe there was pockets of the organization where they were struggling with job growth yeah. or um, with people not feeling like they were being treated fairly. Yeah or yeah. not having opportunities like other people. Yeah. And what would happen most of the time is, um, okay, worst case scenario is they're gonna file a lawsuit. Mm. Right? Nobody wants that. Yeah. Neither the person yeah. nor the company wants yeah. that. But usually there's a continuum from the very first moment that yeah. somebody feels something's not quite right, yeah. all the way over to, I'm, you know, I'm filing we're, a we're lawsuit or, yeah. yeah, usually yeah. you get along that and you're like, hey, I'm just leaving. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be confrontational. Yeah. I don't want to make a big, you know, make a big stink about something. Yeah. I'm just going to leave and go find another job. Yeah. In today's world, of course, yeah. that's really easy yeah. to do. Right? Yeah, folks are up and, and yeah. <laughs> find a new yeah. job really yeah. easily, really quickly. Yeah. So uh, what we did was we looked at, well, what data could we look at to be able to predict and prevent these problems yeah. that would both help the employee and the employer. Mm. So, uh, so you're hitting both sides. Exactly. Yeah. How could we make it meaningful yeah. for the employee yeah. to be a part of this process, yeah. but also be able to have this rich, authentic data to give back to the employer nice. so that whatever little inkling of a problem is hiding yeah. just beneath the surface, yeah. you can surface it ahead of time yeah. and just make sure it's nipped in the butt. Nice, yeah. nice. So there was a need or a desire to be proactive, exactly. right? Exactly. A lot exactly. of companies are on the back end, right, where they're reactive, our people are leaving, what right. do we do, or, you know, we're in this lawsuit or what have you, they're right. just kind of reacting right. to things. Exactly. So it sounds like you saw, like, hey, folks are really wanting to be proactive in that, and how exactly. can we help in that? Exactly. Um, and both exactly. sides, right? So it's like, right. yeah, it's the organization that's trying to be proactive, but the employee too, the associates, the right. team members, want to be part of that right, process. Right, right. And I can give you a real example. Yeah. Actually, I can give you a few examples, yeah. but here's one. So one of one of our clients uh, had rolled out an emerging leaders program. Yeah. Good client. Yeah. Good, I mean, their heart was in the right place. Yeah. They were trying to do everything right. Yeah. I think uh, it was a highly distributed global organization. Yeah. They still are. And um, it, they just didn't do a great job of sort of getting the word out mm. around this emerging leaders yeah. program. They weren't socializing and, it as well as they could. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so then there's this sort of grapevine, mm. you know, through the grapevine, people yeah. started to hear, oh, so-and-so is in this emerging leaders mm. program and I'm not. Huh, why wasn't I chosen? Yeah. What are the requirements? Yeah. Do I need my manager's permission? Yeah. How do I get involved? You know, they had all these questions. Yeah. And uh, I think the company didn't realize mm. any of that was going to 
happen. Yeah. And so fortunately, they were running our digital assistant nice. who they could talk to anonymously and they started talking hey yeah. what is this emerging leaders program what's going on why you know yeah. how were some people picked what yeah. are the requirements they had all these things and yeah. it kind of blew up in a matter of just a few hours wow. and so their head of people operations yeah. literally picked up the phone and called me and said hey mm-hmm. carolyn this is what's going on mm-hmm. we want your assistant to go point to the SharePoint site that has all the information mm-hmm. on it. What are the requirements? How do you apply? What, you know, do you need to be with the company for yeah. a certain number of years or yeah. whatever those were? And so we were able to set that up in a matter of a few hours. Wow. So all those people got their answers right away and they felt that they were being listened to and it. not just left adrift I love it. in an ocean on a boat with no anchor. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. And you see that partnership because I think you know when folks think of AI or they think of tech and it's like oh they're replacing our jobs like where, what are we <laughs> gonna do what are I we promise. gonna do if the computer's <laughs> doing it what are we gonna do um, but you see that it's like yeah it's it's helping and then you still have to do the work you still right. have to engage Absolutely. you still have to yes. create the program yes. um, and so we kind of went around about so we talked about <clears throat> the need the right. gap right we talked about you gave a very good example of a use case, right? An example of how that helps. So talk to us, let's go back to the middle. Yes. Now talk to us about the product. What is Humax? Like what is it that your organization does? Right. So we provide an anonymous digital assistant that's there to have a safe place where employees can talk, get answers, find solutions, all without having to identify themselves. Mm. And then the employer can use it to find out how people feel about yeah. certain things, yeah. to be able to offer up solutions. Uh, when COVID-19 yeah. popped up, they had a whole slew of things they wanted yeah. our assistant to talk about. Yeah. You know, Do you feel safe at work? Are mm. people, you know, uh, Monitoring social distance, yeah. you know, do are the are the cleanliness procedures working? Yeah. All so they were able to add these in yeah. to the repertoire of what Max can talk. Yeah. Max is the assistant. Yeah. What the assistant talks about, yeah. so that they could get instantaneous feedback about wow. how things are working, and then again direct people to solutions yeah. if they're not feeling comfortable. Yeah. You know, what are the things that would maybe make people feel safer yeah. at work? Feel like. Uh, you know, maybe we need more um, cleaning stations yeah. or we need to spread out the dust more. Yeah. Of course, you know, that's that's kind of, we hopefully have moved past yeah. that yeah. now. But just yeah. an example of yeah. how you can get really quick, instant yeah. uh, feedback solution. Wow. That's, that's what we do. Wow. And so do you feel, do you see that folks are more receptive to this type of technology of like, hey, I have something to say or I have a question or I have a grievance or what have you? Sure. Well, let me go to the computer and right. like talk about it versus, um, ah, I don't know if my data is really anonymous or I'd rather like, sure. what's the, the reception that folks are having right. with that? Right. So I think the topic we're talking about is trust, mm. right? And trust is something that we can talk about from a technological standpoint yeah. until we're blue in the face. Yeah. But trust is a behavioral aspect. It's yeah. not necessarily a technical aspect. Yeah. And so before we built anything for Humaxa, we actually yeah. did a ton of research on how willing 
would people be mm. to talk okay. with a computer? So I you mean, thought about is, that you know, already. Yeah. Well, we had to. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you have to know whether people are going to use it yeah. before you spend all this time Good. Good. building it, right? So uh, we looked at, there was a couple of different studies that we looked at. One was out of the University of Southern California. Okay. And it was done, uh, people were returning from overseas. They had been um, in Afghanistan. Um military mm-hmm. that was coming back and they were suffering from PTSD. Mm. And in this study, they had divided the group into two different groups. And one, they were told they were talking to a person, yeah. but they were going to be talking through the computer. Yeah. And the other group, they said, it's just a machine. Yeah. You're not talking to a person. Yeah. And so... Um, what they looked at was how willing people would be to open up and talk about these awkward topics, yeah. how they were suffering yeah. from PTSD. Yeah. And and then in both cases, they were given resources to, yeah. to help, yeah. whether it would be, you know, hey, we can make an appointment to talk to a, a counselor, mm-hmm. or maybe there's some training or some, you know, um, support, you know, support that's available, yeah. things like that. So both both cases, they were trying to help mm-hmm. the person. Yeah. But what was really interesting is people were twice as likely to open up about really sensitive topics and where like the kind of things that are hard to yeah. talk about with people yeah. when they thought it was just a machine, a just a computer that wow. they were talking to. And of, wow. <laughs> And of course, they asked why. Yeah. Why is that? And people almost always talked about, well, I, I didn't feel judged. Mm. I felt safe. Mm. It's not a it's not a person. It's just a computer. Yeah. It's just a bunch of you know ones and zeros yeah. and <laughs> yeah. transistors yeah. and motherboards and yeah. whatever else is yeah. in the computer. And so they didn't. They felt much more able to kind of talk about uh, and as a way to open the door yeah. to talking about these things. So that yeah. was one study. Yeah. And then we looked at another one very deep uh, that had to do with the medical profession okay. and how likely people would be to open up and talk about perhaps medical conditions that would be, in their minds, considered embarrassing yeah. or just hard to talk yeah. about with a doctor yeah. or with a nurse. Yeah. Um, and so it was actually very different, totally different topic, but yeah. very similar results. Yeah. People liked being able to get the conversation going without mm. having to identify themselves, just to get to talk to a thing yeah. versus a person, yeah. just to get the ball rolling. Yeah. And then eventually, of course, you know, it's going to help them determine you know, how urgent is this? What kind of a doctor? Yeah. How, you know, where you might go to yeah. get the next step? Yeah. Where's more information? Yeah. And they can do all that without having to identify themselves or even talk to a person. Wow. Which is, then we, so of course we looked at that and said, yeah. well, how can you extrapolate yeah. out and make that something in the workplace? Yeah. You know, what are the things that are hard to talk about mm-hmm. in the workplace? I don't feel like I'm being treated fairly. Mm. I don't think that, you know, the way that promotions work yeah. are really working yeah. here. Or I'm stressed out. My manager just keeps piling on more and more and mm. more work. Or, you know, gosh, there's something going on at work that really is just hard to talk about. Yeah. Being able to surface those things yeah. often will be able to predict these kind of problems yeah. that makes people want to leave. Mm-hmm. Or, worst case scenario, obviously, this yeah. a lawsuit yeah. or something like that. Wow. So that's what we did. <laughs> I have like so many tentacles of questions coming through that, you know, I want to touch on. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, sure. um, 
you know, you mentioned trust. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, one of the things that we have found is that part of building trust is feeling recognized. Yes. Right? And being recognized in a way that... um, it's custom to you, right? Not everybody wants general praise, yes. you know, in front of everybody. Yes. Um, and so our, our sponsor for this um, for this podcast, Spark, they, they specialize in engagement and in recognition and, mm-hmm. and sparking folks, right? Yes. Um, so if I was to ask you, like, what are ways that you personally like to be recognized that builds trust with either your team or the folks that you work with? What does that look like for you? <laughs> it's it's funny you ask this because I think most people would look at uh, how I personally like being recognized and think yeah. that that's like the most horrible thing in the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you you make a really good point, and yeah. we see this in our data too. Is yeah. if someone feels overlooked, like what what really works for one person doesn't work at mm-hmm. all for somebody else, and yeah. then. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's very unique yeah. for each individual person. So yeah. for me personally, uh, especially when I worked at a, not a startup, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at a big company, um, the way I like to be recognized is to be given uh, a really important, big, hard to accomplish assignment. Oh, that was what I, liked. <laughs> I want a big job. Me, please. Yeah, Put me on it, coach. Cuckoo, yeah. Cuckoo. <laughs> wow. Nice. So it shows that you're you're being trusted, right? Uh-huh, it shows uh-huh. that you can take on bigger sure. responsibilities. Or just that, you know, gosh, this is something that we believe Carolyn yeah. could, could handle and could yeah. take on. And, nice. And, uh, yeah, it's very unique. So, like very I said, there's something that's a little yeah. bit wrong up here. You just have to know. You just have to yeah. know. Yeah. So, <laughs> for any people, anybody that's listening, I mean, if that's your style, you're not alone, right? We have somebody in here. And then me it goes too. back to the big, like the risk taker, right? It's I like, guess, yeah. give me the yeah. big things yeah. um, that, that there are folks that, that resonate in that way. Um, but as we talk about retention mm-hmm. and we talk about engagement and the role of the leader in engaging their folks, like, hey, sure. we want our people to stay, we want to reduce turnover and all these different things. Um, oftentimes they're confronted with the fact that you have to have these hard and awkward conversations yes. with your associates. Things yes. that may not be technical or related to the job specifically. Things sure. that are mushy and emotional, like all those types of things. Absolutely. So yeah. my question is, we have this technology. We got Max that can can take those conversations um, what would you say to these like, oh, cool. Well, I don't have to have those conversations anymore. Let's just have the AI uh, have those conversations. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Not off the hook. Not off so the talk hook. to us about, you know, yes, balancing absolutely. balancing that as a leader. So one of the one of the things that we learned actually from one of our clients really mm-hmm. early on is they wanted to be able to have a person step in when the time was right. Okay. When, you know, the max, the assistant, is really just a way to get the door open to get people to talk okay. Okay. about, you know, burnout and overload and stress yeah. and fairness at work and things yeah. that are, you know, hard to talk about. But it's just a first step. Yeah. It's just a way to get the door open. So let's say, um, and this is also a real example. Yeah. So uh, one of our employees at one of our clients mm-hmm. uh, worked at a, or, or still does, work at an organization that um, 
it uh, hires uh, predominantly military spouses. Okay. And they have to pick up and move mm-hmm. a lot because they keep getting, you know, deployed in different yeah. places. Yeah. And it can be hard to find work for yeah. the spouse because they keep having to move around. Now mm-hmm. it's a little bit better, but anyway, at the time. Uh, and so this person uh, wrote to Max and said, I hope somebody is listening to me. I haven't made a single friend in five years. Mm. I'm lonely. I have no one to talk to. It's making me feel depressed, and it's affecting my job performance. Mm. I mean, all that mm. in a, you know in a in a quick little conversation, anonymous conversation. Yeah, and it was very strong and very negative. Yeah. So it pings the admin of the system and says, "Hey." Go pay attention. Yeah. You need to go take a look at this. Yeah. I mean, you can look at everything, even yeah. though you can't see who is saying yeah. things, but you can see what is being said. Yeah. But this was one where the, the I think it was the head of HR, yeah. you know, reached out to this person anonymously. Yeah. And through Max, yeah. Max facilitates a live anonymous conversation between two real people. Mm. So that's how you can get in. You still have to have those conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we hope that eventually you get to a point where the people can just get together and just open up and talk. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's it's a progression and that way it doesn't feel so overwhelming to go to your boss and say, I'm struggling. Yeah. I need help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't know what the necessarily what the repercussions of that are going to be. Yeah. So yes, it's it's just a way to get going. I love that. You can't see. I got goosebumps. Like that is such a powerful thing because, you know, as leaders, like we know the importance of building uh, an environment where folks feel psychologically safe, right? We want to be able to have an environment where folks can speak their mind and bring their whole selves to work. Um, And now that folks know that there is infrastructure or technology where they can do that and say, hey, I may not feel necessarily comfortable talking to a person about this, but I I still need to bring my whole self, all of my feelings, all of my struggles, and know that it is being heard. Heard. Yes. Right? In a non-judgmental, results-focused way. Non-punitive, action-oriented. Exactly. Right? And it's immediate. Yes. You don't have to wait for somebody to have time to talk with you or schedule a meeting. Yeah. It's 24-7, 365 something can happen wow. as a result of your, wow. what you're talking about. Wow. The world is moving so fast. <laughs> the world is moving so fast. How do you, I mean, being an HR tech or being in tech in general with the advancements and things that just, you know, constant innovation, yeah. um, how do you make sense of it all? How do you kind of stay sane in the midst of all of the stuff that's going on. You're making some pretty big assumptions here. She actually is sane. Yeah, yeah. We're still establishing a baseline that she is sane. But how do you you keep up with it? I mean, in some ways you can't, Mm. you know. It's just you do the best you can trying to figure out what, you know, what new thing is coming, you know. there's Now there's NFTs and, you know, there's gamification. We're trying to figure out... Like, how do you weave that yeah. into the, yeah. you know, to encourage people to open up yeah. and share and get really authentic feedback yeah. going yeah. between a person and a machine and then also yeah. person to person, yeah. right? 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have the answers. Yeah, I just yeah. keep reading and yeah. trying to see what's coming. Yeah. And I think, you know, most people who, who love technology and love innovation are always yeah. trying to figure out yeah. there's always got to be a better way, yeah. you know, yeah. and how do we, how do we keep that in mind, but then also make sure that everything we're doing makes sense and, yeah. you know, remains ethical and yeah. all these other, you know, yeah. you know considerations you there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, let's ask this final question. So our audience, HR leaders, people sure. leaders in different organizations, what advice as it relates to retaining your people, engaging your people, if you were to have one billboard piece of advice for yeah. folks, oh, what would that sure. what would that be? The thing that that I see with leaders within HR within who are concer- who are concerned about retention and performance and all these things is that you know you see in the news oh it's you know forcing people to come back to work yeah. or or that's going to be the one thing that's going to make a difference yeah. or maybe it's bumping everybody's salary mm-hmm. up oh well that you know that'll be the thing that will yeah. really work or having um, a, a really fun activity once yeah. a month. That'll be the yeah. thing that works. Like, yeah. you know, I, what I see is people putting these things out there, which is yeah. great. And yeah. they're going to work for a certain percentage yeah. of the organization. Yeah. But it's never a one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. And so to hyper-personalize what that is that's going to really work for each person. Yeah. I'm sure if someone went to Carolyn and said, oh, you know, let's give her a really hard, big assignment. That'll yeah. be the yeah. thing that'll really work. Like, yeah. nobody's going to say yeah. that or yeah. think that. Cause yeah, it's yeah, it's not, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's just that's the one thing that we've seen in all of our data. Yeah. And, uh, you know, trying to find that win-win situation yeah. that's going to help both the employer yeah. and the employee yeah. is, is, is critical. Yeah. You have to personalize it. You have to customize it. And I think the the beauty of technology is that you can mm-hmm. do that at scale. Right. Right. I think it's scary to think me as one manager and I have... At this point, I have like eleven direct reports, right. and it's like, oh, I gotta customize eleven experiences and engage <laughs> with them. Like it's like, right. yeah, that's your job as leader, right. but right. you can have technology that helps to figure out some of those nuances, sure. you know, for those folks, and then you can engage based on that. Well, and then yeah. you can spend your time doing the really important yes. stuff, you know, yes. the helping build their career, yeah. making the right introductions, yeah. getting them the right assignments, yeah. and making sure that they're recognized when yeah. they've done something phenomenal yeah. you know you can spend your time on the on the good stuff yeah and then have everything yeah. else be let max do everything yeah. else let, yeah. max do, <laughs> let max do the, the admin stuff yeah. that you don't want to do yeah nice nice well carolyn thank you so so much again i i, I i'm trying to be conscious of time and i know folks are, are busy um and i have again like five or six tangentially like we can go and then we might have to come back for part two <laughs> carolyn part two on another season of 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 retain but what's the best way that folks can get in touch with you get in contact with you see the stuff that you're working on sure so i mean i'm easy to find on linkedin carolyn peer my email is carolyn.peer at humaxa.com h-u-m-a-x-a uh, you can find us at www.humaxa.com. Yeah. Pretty easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just nice. love to connect and nice. have a conversation. Yeah. And if Always. you're around, if you're around Sherm, you're probably going to see a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, us. yeah. Come and see Humaxa. So thank you, everybody. Appreciate your time. If you have any feedback 
on retention, on some of the things that your organization is going through, um, some best practices that you have come across, um, or just feedback on, on the questions and how we engage with our guests, please let me know. Tim at MrMeaningfulWork.com or on LinkedIn, you know where to find us. Join us for another episode next time on Mr. Meaningful Work Retain. Peace! <laughs> we out. Thank you so much for joining us today and I would love to hear from you on what you found helpful from today's show or if you have someone in your network that you would like to recognize or spark, shoot me a message at tim at mrmeaningfulwork.com or leave a comment on the show content on LinkedIn or send me a tweet at Mr. Meaningful Work. That's work with no, with no O. Thank you again and go inspire someone today.